Hey, this is Joseph Thompson. Thanks for listening to the Open Spaces podcast. Why don't you sit back, relax, and join me as we take a journey together into wide open spaces. All right, and welcome to another scintillating, I say scintillating because every episode has been that this season. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And this season is uniquely different because we're talking about something that I'm calling In Pursuit of Passion. That means each week I have a guest who is passionate about something, and that passion has driven them to step away from a nine-to-five job to fulfilling their calling and their purpose. It's in that passion that they found purpose. And so today I'm privileged to have... Uh, someone that has become a really dear friend of mine, but is also a really super smart man that I've met and very godly. Uh, his name's Tom Pasello. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joseph. It's great to have you. So why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us uh, where you're from and uh, where you live now? Yeah, I'm Tom Pasello, and I'm better known in business as the ROI guy. All right. And it's all about return on investment. And I built a 30-year entrepreneurial career around return on investment, helping big companies like IBM, Microsoft, Salesforce, many others be able to quantify the value of their solutions to prospects to get them to buy. And so I built software companies to do that, built and sold several of them, uh, made a lot of uh, families in the local community uh, very happy with those endeavors and kept them employed and and, uh, dear family members for a long time. And so that was my original passion, was in business. I live here in Winter Park. Uh, I've got two incredible daughters who are both in college right now. One is in Emory in Atlanta for nursing. Great school. Yeah, the other is occupational therapy at Pepperdine University out in California. Another great school. school. (laughs) And both good places to visit. So, Uh, Tom, that's fascinating. And and so to my audience, you can already tell how smart this man is. I mean, you heard what he does for a living. I, I would almost want to spend time on that but I realize that there's so many other things for us to talk about because I'm fascinated by this idea that you built helped businesses uh, accomplish solutions uh, and get the greatest ROI using software and all that that's fascinating you and I have talked on this subject offline so um, sometime I'll probably have you back to really talk about this and maybe that'll also enhance uh, some more of what you're doing um, so tell us, you said you alluded to the fact that that was your passion at one point. So what is your passion now? I know you're a Christ follower, and most Christ followers would say Jesus, uh, the pursuit of Jesus, which is a given, I know. But what is it that that relationship has ignited in you? What is the passion that you pursue? Yeah, I had the great opportunity of being able to take a sabbatical about a year ago. And what spurred that sabbatical on, because I was happy just continuing doing business stuff and still love it to this day. I'm still very passionate about that part. But something got ignited in me. A friend happened to introduce me to uh, someone they knew who happened to lose their wife to cancer three months prior. And part of the story I didn't tell you about Myself, Joseph, is that I unfortunately lost my beautiful bride of 19 years, Judy, to cancer. And it was a 10-year-long battle of breast cancer 
and then brain cancer. I cannot imagine how and ups and downs through it all of thinking we beat it and transcended it and have it come back and uh, having two daughters that she was able to raise through that and then I continue to raise after it was a battle. Um, so I got this calling, and this person was very much her father was a pastor, and I knew that this was a message from above. And at the time, I was really starting to get my belief back to become not just something where I said a couple of prayers every day, but that it was starting to be a real calling, and, and I could feel the Holy Spirit in me. And I knew that I had to meet this man. I dropped the book off at his house um, that I had used through some of my recovery. It's called The Group. Is one of the only books I had found for widowers that were out there. Yeah, so because a lot of material out there is for widows. Exactly, for widows. And even they are underserved, but the widowers are dramatically underserved. And so I agreed to meet with Joey for coffee, and we got together, and um, we just started to talk and share our unfortunate shared experiences being part of this widower's club which is a horrible club to to be a part of but necessary if you are a widower yes correct and so we started sharing and i was able to help him and i could see that just giving him comfort that here i was a few years into the process Further I think three along and a half him. four years yeah and he could see the healing and he could see the light and he could see that yeah, there, there's a way through this. But at the same time, I was able to heal myself in just that small interaction and realize that, I, you know, I had never really talked to anyone as deeply as I talked to Joey in those minutes and shared things that I was keeping deep inside, maybe shared So with you God. were experiencing healing at the same time Completely. as you were dispensing it. And dare I say, Joseph, that... That meeting with Joey, the widower, I got more out of that, I think, than he did. And it wasn't a selfish pursuit after mm. that, but I realized, oh my goodness, there's this gap. I had a gap. Now, I had plenty of friends that were around me through the process, but you just can't grasp and understand. And even though they try to be kind and but loving. But if you haven't walked that road, it's impossible. It's a hard one when you haven't experienced that deep of a loss. And so I realized that, hey, Joey and I just getting together, this one little interaction was incredibly healing and incredibly enlightening for both of us. What if I could do this a couple more times? And what if I could take maybe some of the systems engineering and knowledge that I have to put together constructs and, um, and maybe document my own experiences and my own stories and maybe capture some others from some other widowers and get this out there so that men knew, importantly, that it was okay to talk about this stuff. Mm. And it's okay to cry in front mm-hmm. of each other mm-hmm. and feel. And you don't have to just suck it up. You yeah. don't have to have the stoic mask on Which is on so all the time. contrary to the culture, isn't it? So contrary. Especially the American man. Yeah. We're taught to brush it off, shake it off, get up and move on. And so that began a new journey for me that inspired me to retire early, uh, although I haven't dropped business completely. Yeah. It's just a love yeah, of mine, consulting. and I'll always get, yeah. uh, you know, get called back to it. Um, but when I do that work, I'm really doing it now 
to support and grow the ministry. So of, let's talk about yeah. that because you uh, this passion that you developed uh, from this really really sad um, experience of losing Judy to cancer, debilitating cancer over ten years, inspired your passion to see widowers find a safe place to express themselves, find healing, be vulnerable, all of that. Correct. So in that process, because you had been driven and financially successful in the business world, you were able to create something that became a more formal way of meeting with men and helping navigate men through this because there are people listening in 53 countries right now. The beauty Mm -hmm. of this is, a lot of this stuff happens online. Mm-hmm. So who knows who's listening right now in one of those 53 countries that is a widower and desperately needs this, even beyond the fact of pursuing their own passion, mm-hmm. but needs this kind of healing. So let me ask you this. Uh, how is what you do and what is it that you do now in mm-hmm. that space influenced by your passion? Yeah, so growth, group, growth through grief spelled out through growththroughgrief.org is the mission. Um, It is a resource site. Um, It is a 5013C charitable organization. And what we do is we record podcasts, create and publish frameworks. I'm writing a book to help. And grief is the framework. So growth through grief, grief actually means something. It stands for grace, reflection, intention, elevation, and then the pillar. Faith. This is the first time you've shared that part with me. Oh, you didn't know that, I didn't know that. (laughs) This is amazing because I love that. I knew that grief was the experience that you walk through when you lose a loved one. Ah. But I had no idea that you had created an acronym for the letters grief. Exactly. And a framework that you can walk through. And we know no one's process is the same. Every experience through this is unique. Um, But there's a couple of elements to it. Where, you know, give yourself grace, give your chance to reflect on what you've been through Mm -hmm. and feel it. Don't move on. Yeah. You know, set an intention for the future. And there's a pivot there where you really have to set an intention to intentionally move and grow. Away from the pain. From the place of pain. Yeah. And you'll never get away from it completely, but you're still here. You're still alive. And And you you still still have have a purpose. Exactly. And then to elevate to a new version of yourself that will hopefully be better. And then through it all, you're never going to be able to heal completely and you're never going to be able to escape future grief unless you're able to embrace faith, completely forgive, completely surrender. And through all of that, Joseph, I talk a big game, but I'm still a work in process through every one of those steps because well, there's Tom, days I'll the, wake up and I'll beat myself up okay. and not show myself grace and, yeah. and all of that. So Here's what's fascinating about that. Uh, I, I, there are times throughout this season, as I've interviewed my guests, that I wished this was a video cast, not a podcast, because I would want my listeners to see my guests because you are the epitome of that acronym grief mm-hmm. especially when it comes to elevate i remember the first time you showed me i haven't known you through that whole process so mm-hmm. i didn't know you when judy was alive mm-hmm. it's since you've been a widower that i got to know you but i remember seeing a photograph of you how overweight you were yes i wish my listeners 
could see you now. What a stud, a physical specimen you look like now. Thank this you. was part of your process. It was. Of elevating. Yeah. You decided you, you did a lot of alcohol, but a you lot. suddenly, you, you made the decision, I'm elevating above the life that I lived in that process. So it, it's, I say that to say, you know, it's easy to be a snake oil salesman, but to be the real deal, you better live what you say you believe. Mm -hmm. And it better be evident to you. You know, it's like kind of yeah. like me saying, oh, I, I, I run a gym, I own a gym, but I'm grossly overweight and uh, with a pot belly and no sense that I exercise at all. That's not good advertisement for owning a gym and running a gym. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same. So I would say that for you, that I'm, I, I, you, I wish my viewers could, my listeners could see you and understand how well you represent this truth. And that's well, why so many men are part of this. Let's talk about that very briefly, actually. I, I know it's not part of the agenda, but let's talk about that. I mean, if, what does it look like to be going through the process of uh, uh, grief, uh, growth through, through grief? grief? Yeah, through, so... Yeah. We've got a couple of ways to interact. There are the resources online to consume. Yeah. And I think that's important because men a lot of time want to take their own journey. They're not ready to talk, to converse, to share. And so there are plenty of resources where you can go to. And many men exclaim to me, it's like, Tom, that's the first time I ever saw, because we have video and podcast, two men talking about these topics that I thought no one could ever talk about and I could never talk about. But now seeing you talk with Joey or seeing you talk with Chris or seeing you talk with David as fellow widowers sharing this and crying and also showing us how much you've grown through this the process. this is on video, can by become the way. Oh, exactly. That that's been an amazing experience for them. So that's number one. There's resources to consume. Number two, is we have a local meetup here in the Orlando area where we get together once a month as a small group and we share. We also meet up with widows and do fundraisers locally. And we've got another one coming up in a couple of months. And I'll get my uh, rock band out, Rock Mobster, and we'll play and enjoy. Yes, you company. are a musician too. That's another one of your many multifaceted talents, yes. I'm a little bit of a hack there, but it's all good. I enjoy it so much. Re another passion of mine. And then um, we have a virtual meetup where we get men together who want to share. We usually have a topic of the month that we talk about. And so this is something that anyone worldwide can participate in and join us for a moment of sharing, a moment of healing, or just a moment of listening. Give us the information on how we could connect that on, on the website or what, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, go to growthroughgrief.org and the instructions there. Email me, my email and my phone number are both listed, so, so don't growth be afraid through to reach. grief, all spelled out one word, dot org. Correct. All right, that's easy enough to remember, growththroughgrief.org. Okay, so... Um, Tell me, uh, it's obvious how your faith plays through your passion. It's even one of the, it's the F in grief. So mm -hmm. I know that. So instead of redundantly talking about that, let's talk about this. Um, clearly, you've had such an impact on so many people's lives. But what's the most painful thing you have had to walk through in the process of pursuing this passion? Yeah, I, I don't think there's been a lot of pain in the walk, but one of the things is God has his own timeline. And I think those of us who have started to pursue anything, whether it be a business project or a passion project, 
sometimes we can get impatient. Always. I'm a control enthusiast. And even though I talk surrender, there's a lot of times where I want to control the process and importantly, control the timeline. Right. I think if most of us were willing to be as honest as you are, we would say we're the same. Yeah. Yeah. So the frustrating and most painful thing is that I think my reach and even the reach of other men who have pursued this as a passion and we're starting to help cross promote each other because we know that men are tough to reach, tough to get engaged, tough to get to share. We know we've got our work cut out for us. We know we're in good hands with God. But I think all of us are feeling this frustration like our reach is just minuscule. And I know even the women ministry that work with widows, Mm. Carolyn Moore, the Modern Widows Club, some of the others I know, they're also equally frustrated in either the amount of support they get from fundraising and community because we're an unrecognized groups, the bereaved Mm. in a lot of ways, Mm. Um, and also that our reach tends to be small as a result. So that's the one challenging area where I just have to say, you know what? Just get out there, and I encourage this for anyone who's pursuing a passion project. Don't set such a hard time. Give yourself grace with it. Know that it's going to be in his time, not in your time. And just do the right things every day. Because there is a season of growth, a season of struggle, a season of obscurity, if you like. Wondering, man, I know God put this in my heart. I know... I'm doing this altruistically. I really care about people. I want to do it for people. But why is it so hard? I think uh, I'm the guy who's a firm believer in the idea that there's pain in the process. And it's through the pain in the process that the best stories are told. Spoken like someone who owns a gym. (laughs) Where you know you've got to go through the pain of the process. And from that comes the growth. I, I also think that I would imagine that even Jesus was, when he started his ministry, had to be incredibly frustrated. And there are stories of this in the Bible of he's frustrated that the elders within the The Pharisees and the Pharisees just wouldn't respond. In fact, they would hinder the people. Exactly. Exactly. Very true. That's a great observation. Um, What's a poignant story that stands out to you uh, as you've pursued this passion? Maybe obviously uh, protect names if you want to share a very intimate detail, but but what's a story that stands out to you that makes you feel like, yes, I'm glad I'm doing this? Yeah, there was a gentleman who joined our online virtual meetings, and he was really stalled in his grieving, and he felt that way. We all know that there's no timeline for mm-hmm. it, but he really felt stalled in it. And when you looked at where he was three years into the grieving process, he st- wasn't going outside of his house, very depressed, hadn't really gotten the therapy and some of the things that he might have needed to kind of advance. And through the community of other widowers that were, he was able to get online and talk to, we were able to get him into a much more positive mindset from one where, honestly, I was worried that he was going to potentially take his life Wow! to one where he was now growing. And even though he was struggling with a health issue of his own, which many of us as widowers suffer from because it takes such a toll on us as caregivers or even beyond where our bodies keep score 
of all the stress and the loss. He clearly was going through that along with his depression and everything else. But we really felt like we were able to break through. And there are many stories like that where because we're promoting a growth mindset through this, it's not like it's going to take away the grief, but there's definitely a momentum that we can build within the community where you know that there's purpose in your life, that you're here, and that you should be living. That's amazing. I love that. As we, as we come to the uh, close of our session, and time flies by so quickly when you're doing this, but um, as you've stepped out in faith, which is essentially what you've done, you've built businesses over the years, and in building those businesses, um, because you've been successful at doing them, how has the financial independence that you've been able to um, attain allowed you uh, to pursue your passion and do the thing that you love most? Yeah, I didn't know a lot of times why I was building the businesses. And when I look back, you know, I, I look back at them differently now. I look back at them like, yeah, God had a purpose for me doing that. Even though you didn't recognize I it I didn't recognize time. it, and it was very selfish pursuits at the time. I mean, I was all about the bigger house, the the faster sports car, the all the all the trappings that we normally get into when we have that narrow pursuit and we're not looking at the 360-degree life yeah. that we need to live. You know, we're looking at that narrow slice. You know, it's really given me that freedom to take some time off and to put the time in to create the framework, to launch the podcast, and not worry about the fundraising initially, which can be so difficult. Very much so. Um, you know, some might not be as blessed to have that. I still think that you can work at night, weekends, whatever it may be, to pursue your passion. I, I completely yeah. agree. I, I think that uh, one of my favorite phrases to say is that uh, faith isn't jumping off a cliff with a parachute. It's free-falling. Mm. And I think that if you're going to pursue your passion, honestly, you have to be willing to free fall. Yeah. Now, God may not call you to free fall, but you have to be willing to free fall. Uh, otherwise, it's highly unlikely that you'll take the risky step of leaving a, the safety of a regular income to pursue a passion that yeah. offers you no guarantees except a fulfilled life, which yeah. I think is uh, sufficient in itself I to agree. pursue a passion. Yeah. So um, here's, our last, here's my last question for you. Uh, tell our listeners something about you that most people may be surprised to hear. Having learned what they've learned about you today, what's something that would uh, would make our listeners go, huh, I wouldn't have thought that? Yeah, Joseph, there's been a couple of times in my life where I've died and come back to life. And you didn't say once. You said a couple, a couple of, times. of times. The first time, 10 seconds technically, so short. Um. This last time was almost 30 seconds. And a couple of things from that experience. First, I'm not afraid to die. Now, some of that has to do with belief and belief system and belief yes, absolutely. in Christ. But, security of knowing But going what through that process, it was peaceful. There was a life well-lived feeling that I had first. And life flashing before your eyes. I can't say it was a movie playing really fast, but no. there was an aspect of it to that. Huh. And then a quiet 
and a peacefulness and a darkness that wasn't dark, but was incredibly dark, but wasn't dark, where there was a tone of love and a tone of peacefulness to that darkness. And I can't put it in um, words that describe this dimension. That's interesting because you're a poet. I know. I know, which is another another thing that that people might not know about me, but I do write poetry with every one of the um, experiences articles that, yes. and experiences yes. that I've had, and I have written a poem about about death. But I, I'm not afraid to die. Now, the other aspect of it was I did not see the light or heaven or anything else. So that tells me, okay, the experience is good. I'm not afraid of it. But I might still have a little bit more work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, work to do in that your time here is not over. Yes. And so you couldn't see home because if you saw home, you might be inclined not to want to come back. Exactly. That's an incredible, incredible picture. Tom, I just love the fact that we have a relationship, a friendship that we're growing. I'm actually, uh, I would share something that you didn't say. I'm, I'm privileged that from a sermon that I taught, you wrote a poem that was so beautiful. In fact, I have a copy of it, but I'm so grateful for all the gifts, the the blessing that you are to the body of Christ and to men as a whole in general, especially men going through such a difficult season of life. Thanks for coming on. Any last parting words to our audience? No, thank you and uh, blessings to everyone. Well, thank you guys for listening in and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Open Spaces podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please like it and share it with your friends. We'd really love to connect with you. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Open Spaces podcast.